0: Good morning, New Beginnings Christian community, church, family, and friends. My name is Pastor Alfredo Pena, and we are excited that you are joining us for worship this morning. Today is a special Sunday, as today we celebrate Father's Day. So we wanna wish all the dads out there that are watching us this morning, we wanna wish you a happy Father's Day. It is our prayer that you have a great day today, that this service be a great blessing to you, and that this year be an amazing year full of blessings for you. And we commit, and that, as your children, we're going to try to do everything possible to make that happen for you. So, happy Father's Day. Um, good morning, and and we're just we're just excited today. Uh, I want to thank our praise and worship team for ushering us into God's presence. We we had the opportunity to celebrate communion, and and what a blessing that is. That all of us, even though we're not in the same place in the same building, uh, we're all celebrating communion. We're all. Uh, spending a time of communion with uh, with God and with each other during this time. Communion is one of my favorite parts of the service, so we definitely wanted to make sure we included it in our services. And now uh, we come together to be fed by uh, the message by His Word this morning. The scripture reading for today is in the book of Matthew, chapter 10, verses 24 through 39. Uh, The title of my sermon is Seize the Moment. Um, one thing that I want to mention is, um, if you noticed, uh, when we um, every Sunday we tend to stay in a certain book uh, for a little while, and that is because we believe context is very important, and so especially in in a scripture like today, because today's scripture, if you read it in isolation, can seem a little harsh, um, but we've been studying the book of Matthew for a little bit now so we understand um, why Jesus is saying what he is saying. So let us go to the scripture um, and then we can um, expand on it a little bit. Scripture reading again for today is the book of Matthew, chapter 10, verses 24 through 39. And it says this, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The student is not above the teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for students to be like their teachers and servants like their masters. If the head of the house has been called Beelzebul, how much more the members of his household. So do not be afraid of them, for there is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You're worth more than many sparrows. Whoever acknowledges me before others I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Do not suppose that I've come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be members of his own household. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. This is the word of the Lord this morning. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Most living and loving God, we thank you for this day as we come together and we celebrate our dads this morning, God. We thank you, Holy God, and we ask that you just continue to bless them, continue to guide them, God, and continue to fill their lives with purpose, God, and amazing blessings. And as we come together, God, this morning to be fed by your word, we ask, Holy God, that every word that we hear today, God, just be music to our ears, God, and that we are able to hear we're able to process, and that we are able to apply this message, God, in our daily lives from this moment on. We thank you, we honor you, we ask that you move freely this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I mentioned context because it is important. Just a little bit of background. Jesus here is preparing his disciples as he's going to send them out, um, and, and he's telling them exactly what he needs them to do, but he's also preparing them for some things that are gonna be difficult for them. Uh, He tells them, you know, listen, if they accuse me, if they rejected me, then they're going to do the same to you. So just be prepared for that. And I think that is important because um, preparation doesn't mean that we have a lack of faith. It doesn't mean that at all. In fact, um, when we're gonna go out um, on a a trip, there's certain things that I do. I'll make sure that I I have my most recent insurance card. I make sure that I have the phone number for roadside assistance. You know, we, we check our vehicles to make sure that everything's working fine. And it's not that we lack faith or that we think something's gonna happen, but it does mean that we are prepared in the event that something does happen. And what Jesus is telling them here is, you need to be prepared and in fact, he says because some of these things will happen, and so um, so it, it's it's important that we look at this scripture in in its proper context. Let me start off by asking this question: Anybody out there have any phobias, <clears throat> a fear of something? Um, if you know me, my my close friends, uh, most of my family know that I am afraid of heights. Um, and, and, and I like the definition of phobia. it says an extreme or irrational fear of, a, of or aversion to something. When, when I read it and I saw extreme and irrational, I said, yes, that's it. My fear of heights is not just in my mind. I physically feel affected when when I'm in a place where, where I'm high. Now it only it's only when it's when it's open. You know, I can fly okay and I can even be in a building that's high as long as it's protection. But when it's it's open, my goodness, I physically feel affected by it. And because of my phobias, I have had to sit out some things that, that I hear others talk about the experience and, and talk about how great that experience was and and you know what i i won't know i won't know because um my fear uh, of heights has prevented me from from you know getting on the roller coaster you know um, we traveled um, to costa rica one year and uh, mike and some of our friends went zip lining and and we have a picture in fact in our tv room uh, of mike zip lining and when i see it i think (laughs) I'll never know what that felt like. Um, I did my share of it, but it wasn't zip lining and, and I, I didn't enjoy it because I was so afraid of, of heights. And, and so it sometimes not just prevent us from trying things, but it even prevents us from fully experiencing, um, you know, what, what amazing feeling that could be. And so, so why is that important? Because, because there, there are phobias when it comes to us in ministry. There are phobias when it comes to us in, in, a, in our Christian lives. And so it is important that we, that we understand that. Um, you know, there was a saying that said, um, sometimes God puts the best things in life on the other side of fear. And, and when you first think about it, I realize how, how true that is give me let me give you an example to some of us we could say that the day we got married was one of the best things in our lives but the reality is it was also one of the scariest moments in our lives right Um, especially um, if you're anything like me that has a huge fear of commitment Um, and you you're, you're afraid because you know when you fall in love with somebody you give them their heart and that also means that you become vulnerable because they can hurt you so so it's a it's a scary moment it's a scary time but but once you are able to go beyond that once you're able to to overcome that then it is an awesome awesome experience i highly recommend getting married by the way if you're a parent talk about you know, something that, that is scary. Um, I was watching a, a pastor the other day, and I'm thinking maybe it was Francis Chan in one of his uh, videos, and he said, is like when you have your first child, right, and you, you don't know what to expect, and then they give it to you to take it home, and you're supposed to keep it alive? You know, how in the world? And so, um, but once you overcome that. And once you start living that out, you realize what a blessing, what an amazing experience that is. So fear sometimes can paralyze us, but when we learn to overcome it, then we can truly enjoy some of the best things in life. I'll say it again, sometimes God keeps the best things in life on the other side of fear. So in today's three life application points, we're going to talk about what we can do when it comes to some of the decisions that we have to make so that we can seize the moment. And the first uh, life application point is that we must be fearless. Now, now listen to me. When I say <clears throat> we must be fearless, I'm not just talking about, you know, kind of making a decision. I'm talking about it's a state of mind. It's, it's an attitude it's, it's when you are confident when you know it's going to be okay because because you know so so we acknowledge fear is real we acknowledge that fear is scary um that this whole ministry thing can be scary you know in bible study on wednesday we're doing the study of the holy spirit it's called the forgotten god and and i don't know how many times in our study, we heard the words, it is scary. <laughs> it's, it's, it's scary. In fact, <clears throat> scripture tells us that um, you can find some form of do not be afraid, fear not, um, 365 times in scripture. And so, so I say that because, because we acknowledge that fear exists. We know it's real. We know it's out there, but we also know that it is one of the biggest factors that keeps us from being all that God has for us to be. So, so it's okay that we acknowledge it. We get it, but we also must acknowledge that fear is the biggest factor that keeps us, that paralyzes us, that stops us from doing and becoming what God has for us to do and become. And so, we have to overcome that we we just have to be able to do that and today jesus tells us how we do that so so the first life application point is we must be fearless See, you and i we, we listen to the counsel of our fears and and what happens when we do that is we start thinking about outcomes we start thinking about possibilities of it not working we start worrying getting concerned about us how will i look If this doesn't work? How will I look if this fails? Or how much will my life change if this does work? How much will my life change if if this is what I'm supposed to do? And so we start dealing with with these um, doubts and and listening to the counsel of our fears. And so today, um, Jesus is telling us some of the things that we need to do to be able to get to the place of being fearless. And that is the first thing is that we need to understand that there will be opposition we need to understand that not everyone is going to be happy with the message that you and i have that, that what we are bringing out into the world it, it goes against what the enemy wants us to bring that it goes against what the flesh wants and so as we're out there bringing you know, this uh, amazing message and living out this amazing life, we are going to find some resistance. And so it's important that we acknowledge it, but what are some of the fears that we have? And that is because we start worrying about the outcome. And sometimes we don't know the outcome by design. In fact, I would venture to say that the majority of the time We do not know the outcome, because God knows that if we did, we would freak out. (laughs) We would be scared to the point that we would run. You know, uh, when when I got called to pastor this church, I did not know what that was going to look like. I did not know uh, what the outcome was going to be, I honestly can tell you that that all I could see was what was in front of me right now and at, at the moment and and I know that God kept it from me because I think I would have I would have just been scared and so so we worry so much about our outcomes and and that is not faith. Faith is when we when we go at it knowing that we do not know the outcome, but know and trust that God does. So, so the first thing that helps us be able to, to be fearless is to know that God has the outcome. God's got this. And, and I promise you right now, listen, you, you don't want to miss this. I promise you right now that whatever your circumstances are, whatever scary or big your circumstances are, they are not bigger than the power of God. That whatever your circumstance is or where they are, God is able and is more powerful and is able to get you through this situation. God has got this. And God has got you and me. He says, you know, they, they, there is going to be opposition. And if they called me, you know, the, the ruler of, of evil, why do you think that they wouldn't call you that? Why do not don't? Why do you think that they wouldn't uh, oppose you? But I got you, he says. And so so it is, it is comforting to know that not only does God have our outcomes, but he's got us. And as we've been studying uh, about the Holy Spirit, that is an awesome reminder. That that it is not something, Says the Holy Spirit lives in us, dwells in us, is is part of us. And and that means that you don't don't forget it at home. It it means that you don't don't leave the house without it because it's in us. And, And my God, that is so comforting. And I want you to be reminded of that this morning, church. When I think about the Holy Spirit today, I think about uh, when you go skydiving, for example. Uh, I've never done it. And, you know, that's one of the things that that um, we've talked about. Um, Mike has been wanting to go skydiving and, and I tell him, you know, no. <laughs> and, and, and not me, I'll be the one alive uh, down there waiting uh, for you. Um, but the one thing that uh, that I found out and maybe it's not in every situation maybe it's just when when you're a beginner but when you go skydiving there's someone that jumps with you 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 are fully harnessed and 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 you you are part of the experience but there is somebody jumping with you that is got this under control. They're the ones that know when to open up the parachute. They're the the ones that that are going to guide you through this process. So my point to that is, all you have to do is enjoy the experience, and let the guide do his job. And when it comes to, to us as a church and to us as individuals, All you have to do is let God be God and enjoy the experience. He will know when to pull out the parachute if necessary. And my God, that is so comforting for us. So be fearless. It's a state of mind. Be fearless knowing that there will be outcome. And you can say, not today, Satan. Not today. It is knowing that he's got you and that he's got every circumstance. And that is by design. Uh, Amen. That is just awesome um, to hear. Life application point number two is to be decisive. I don't know how many of you know someone who just cannot make up their minds. Anybody out there? You know, somebody that that their response is always, I'm either or. Whatever you want. Um, You know. I don't know. So you decide. I'm not talking about anybody in particular. But I think we can be the same way in our Christian walk. I think we can be the same way as Christians and just be undecisive. I think that that people might look at us and some people might not even know whether we are Christians or not. I'll tell you. You know, I, I see some some things on social media out there. And I, and I see a posting that, that talks about shredding somebody to pieces and calling people names and, 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 and just ugly passage uh, postings. And then right after that is those that wait upon the Lord and, and God is my strength. And, and, you, and you sit there and you think, whoa, which one are you? And in church, I think for such a time as this, it is important that we be decisive, that we know what what our positions must be. And so the first thing that we need to be decisive in is in our confession of Christ. We must be decisive in our confession of Christ. Now, what I'm talking about here, it's not the confession that we made at one point when we gave our our lives to christ it's not when we say oh i, I did that pastor I, you know i walked down the aisle when i walked to the altar to give my life to christ um you can say oh i did that pastor i raised my hand when the pastor you know made the invitation and i gave my life to christ and i confess um, my sins to christ and, and i and thank god for that and that is that is great But when I'm talking about be decisive in our confession to Christ, it's not a one-time event. It is a decision that we must make every single day. Are we confessing Christ in the way we live? Not just in a decision that we made at one point, not just in, in words. But in our lives, when people see us and see how we live and see how we handle situations and see how we react to certain things and just see how we celebrate or how we deal with difficult times, do are we confessing Christ in those things? And, and why is that important? Because we're not playing church and because people are watching and people need to know what that looks like. You know, last Sunday during the Spanish service, um, and I, I encourage you to, to tune in to our Spanish services um, every Sunday at 9 o'clock. Um, learn Spanish, of course. But Pastor Nareda said, you know, a disciple carries a mirror and not a magnifying glass. And, and that was, to me, that was powerful because it's a reminder that we need to keep ourselves in check every day instead of criticizing others the other thing that she said that was, that was just as powerful was, and when we look in the mirror, the reflection should be Christ. And, and I had to stop there for a moment and I had to say, is that who I see when I look in the mirror? Is that what others see when they see me? Am I reflecting Christ? Am I confessing Christ daily in the way I live. And today is a day that we make the decision to be decisive in our confession of Christ daily. It is important that we be decisive in our positions, even if it's going to cost us. We already said it was a settled fact that there's going to be opposition. We already know that it's a settled fact. It's settled. There's there's no more discussion about it. That some people are not going to like what you and I have to bring to the table. It's already settled that it also might mean that we're going to lose some friends. That we're going to lose some family even. That we're not going to be invited to the party or to the family event. But you need to know what your positions are. And you know, for many times, I'm going to be honest with you because this whole situation right now with with the COVID-19, with the protests, and and with the racial tensions that are out there, for a long time, I remember thinking I need to stay in my lane, and and I avoid it. Um, not taking a position, but, but stating what my position was on certain things because I didn't I would say I don't want it to be distracting. I don't want to distract from what God is calling me to do. But I also realized in, in these times of assessments that I think many times I avoided stating what my position was publicly because I was afraid that maybe I was going to offend somebody. Maybe I was concerned that I was going to lose some friendships. Maybe I was concerned that not only, not that it was going to be distracting, but that I was going to have to answer to certain things and, and, and explain why I got to where I was. And that was going to require for me to have to, to spend some time in that that assessments in my life. But one thing I know today, is that it is important that we take our place and that we we stand firm in the positions that you and I have to take first, stand firm in. So we must be decisive in our positions. What do you stand for? What do you believe? What are you willing to fight for, for such a time as this? And it is important, church, that we are bold when it comes to standing um, for the things that are important for us as, as Christians, that we stand boldly for the things that are important for those that God has called us to minister to, to those that are being oppressed, to those that are being harassed, to those that are being silenced, what are our positions? And, and so we must be fearless and we must be decisive in our confession of Christ, in the positions that we take, and in our connections with people. How we treat people is important. And, and it is important that we look at our circles. And, and all of us have a circle of influence. We, we do. And the question is, are we influencing them or are they influencing us? I remember uh, reading Joyce Myers saying, you know, when it comes to not being um, unequally yoked, um, when we're trying to go outside of our Christian faith, she says, don't don't kid yourself. Somebody is going to influence somebody. And it's usually not the Christian influencing the non-believer. So it is important, church, that, that we understand what our connections are. And we understand whether we are being the influencer or we are the one being influenced. Because let me tell you something. It is hard to fight peer pressure. It is hard when you are in the situation to say no, because we don't want to stand out because we don't want to seem like we're the, the, the boring ones. And so, so when we put ourselves into that situation, then we start saying, well, you know, I'm already here. Well, why not? Well, I don't want him to be uncomfortable. Well, I didn't want it to be awkward. Well, you know, I said yes, but I didn't really participate. No, no, it is important that we are decisive in our connections. And, and let me tell you something, I'm not saying that we should avoid being around non-believers. In fact, it's the opposite of what we should be doing. But how are we influencing those circles? You know, I made a decision a couple of years ago to, to be surrounded by people who are going to make me better. I'm serious. Now, it would be great to be around people who think like me. It would be great to be around people who think I am the best and and they are always praising me and, and 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 just, you know, giving me all this uh, all this, uh, you know, compliments. It would be great. But I know that that is not what would make me the Christian that I need to be and the pastor that I need to be. So I made a decision to be around, surrounded by people that were going to push me. They were going to test me. They were going to challenge me. They were going to stretch me. They were not going to be okay with me just saying yes or no, but why? Why are you saying yes or why are you saying no? Or can you explain to me what your position is? And let me tell you something, it has been amazing. To be around people that know a lot more than I do, that have been doing this thing longer than I have, and that are able to help me grow. So it is important that we are decisive in our connections with people, in whether we are influencing them, and be careful with who is influencing us. Our circle of influence matters. And it's important that we are decisive about that. The last life application point today is that we must make an impact. We must make an impact, church. <clears throat> for such a time as this, it is it is it is important that we are out there every single day fully understanding that today <clears throat> God can use us in a mighty way. As we, I go back to as we've been studying um, the forgotten God, this Wednesday, we talked about, you know, we are um, in the middle of, of the study. We're in session three and there's seven sessions. And, 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 and one of the things that it tells us is we start today. This is not something that, you know, the Holy Spirit is already, has already empowered us. We are already a church. We are already Christians. We are already filled with the Holy Spirit. So it's not a matter of we wait until we're done with the sessions and then we see what we do. This is not about graduating. This is about who we are today, empowered by the Holy Spirit. So what is the impact that we are making today? Today. How are you going to impact, you know? one of the things that we're reminded through this study is that all of us have the ability through the power of the Holy Spirit to do some amazing supernatural things. So what amazing things are you doing? This reminded me of uh, a story about this little boy that tried out for this play, the edition for this play. And, and when, when he got home, he was excited. And he said, mom, mom, I got a part in the play. And his mom was, I think his mom was a little surprised. And she was like, you did? Well, that is, that is great. What part are you playing? And he says, I get to play the part of the, the little boy in the audience clapping. <clears throat> and the you know, mom said, oh, that's, that's a good part. That's an important part. And you know, I think as Christians, we might think that that's the part for us to play. And we say, what impact are you making? How is God using you? Church, it can't be I get to sit in the pew and cheer on the pastor. Uh, Don't get me wrong, uh, the the support is is awesome and and it's, it's greatly needed, but that's not, that's not all that we are called to do. What are you good at? What what you know as, as you're learning, as you're growing, as you're you're getting more comfortable with this amazing power that we have as Christians. How are we using our power? How are we using our voice? What is your contribution? How are you making somebody's life? better how are you bringing comfort to those that need comfort how are you bringing comfort the same comfort that we received when he comforted us so that we can go out and comfort others what is your contribution who are you impacting wow this is a lot what am I good at? What is my contribution? What am I impacting? You cannot tell me that the best thing that you can do in your Christian journey is to go from being a pew potato to a couch potato. I know that, that this message is sometimes not one that we want to hear. I know that that it's hard out there as we deal with life, as we deal with our jobs, as we deal with family dynamics. There's there's a lot to to deal with. And And then we want to come to church, and we just want it to be a refuge. And it is. It is. Scripture says, come to me, those who are tired and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But it's also a place where when we have been restful, resting, when we have been empowered, when we have been healed, when we have been restored, when we have been reconciled, then what? And it is important that we start going out there and making an impact. In conclusion, there has never been a June 21st, 2020 before. There has never been this Sunday, before June 21st. So today is a blank palette for us to allow God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, to use us in a mighty way. So, so it's not a message about making you feel bad or, or of conviction, at least not for me. Maybe the Holy Spirit will convict us to say, start doing something. Start being obedient. Are you ready to seize the moment? If yes, then go and prove it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Father God, thank you so much for this message. Thank you, Holy God, for for loving us so much that you, through the power of the Holy Spirit, reveal those things to us, God, that that we need to accept, that we need to receive those things, God, that we need to surrender, that we need to release. Holy God, help us to be able to be those disciples, God, that, that are ready to take our place. To be fearless, God, and know that you did not give us the spirit of fear, but most, most importantly, God, that you will never leave us and you will never forsake us to know that in our moments of weakness, it is then when your strength is made perfect. May we go out today relying, God, on that fact and on that truth. God, allow us to be decisive people, God. To stop, um, th- that our yes be our yes, and that our no be a no God. That we stop being those um, undercover Christians. That we stop being closeted Christians. And that we take our place and that we become decisive God in our confession of you daily, God. In 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 understanding, God, that the, the decisions that we make, God, are important and that we take our place God in in those areas in our life that you're calling us to take our place and that today God we also pay attention to our circles God and our relationships God that that we're treating people the way you called us to treat them God that people are knowing us as you say through our love God I ask today God that you remove any bad influences, God, in our lives. Make us strong enough, God, to be able to walk away from some of those things that we need to walk away from. And Holy God, I just thank you for the amazing privilege, God, to be able to be empowered by your Holy Spirit to go out and seize the moment and make our contribution to this greater kingdom that you've called us to work so hard for. Today, we say yes. And today, our yes is yes. We thank you and we honor you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. We thank you so much for joining us this morning. It is our prayer, as it is every Sunday, that this service was a great blessing to you. We invite you to come to our website, nb-ccc.org, and, and let us know how you are doing. Submit your prayer request so we can keep you in prayer. It's also an opportunity for you to give your tithes and your offering um, offerings. It is also an opportunity for you to get more familiar with our church. You can get some great information about our church. Uh, we are right in the middle of the forgotten God, the study of the Holy Spirit. So I invite you, you still have time to come in. You will find all the information from the workbook on our website. Um, So so join us and and let us know how you are doing. Uh, We thank you for your love and your support through your um, tithes and your offerings. And and, and we we wouldn't be able to do this without your support. So thank you. And now you heard. And now we have received. And now let's go out and let's seize the moment. God bless you.